Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Sills! I found something for you to be more pissed off at Big Sills than ever before. I found something. <laughs> Look at what I, I mean, I don't even know why I'm showing, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. Look at this. This is the first training camp for Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson and Stephen Jones owning the Dallas Cowboys when we had to go to Valley Ranch. Look at that. I showed Jimmy this today. He's like, oh, my God. It was the first reporting day. To Cowboy Training Camp with Jerry Jones as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Everybody in Philly went, I'm out. <laughs> Sills, I'm out. I really like you, man, but I'm out. Tone, I'm surprised Tone hasn't shut the show off. I'm like, Sills, really? I know, man. I know. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Everyone is like, why would you look? I took the helmet down. I took the damn helmet down. Oh, by the way, can I start to show off? Nine are all damn days in here, right? So, am I right on the Richard Sherman podcast? Javon Hardgrave was taking some shots at Philly fans, calling you phonies, dude. I'm going to say this in, and I'm going to defend you guys. You may be a lot of things, a-holes, jerks, um, short with people, but phony and fake, um, that wouldn't be anything, and that wouldn't be in my top 1,000. There is nothing phony and fake about Philadelphia sports fans. You may be assholes, okay? I am. Hey, guilty. Guilty. But phony, you're not. Okay? It's okay to be delusional. Quan, you're delusional every day. It's like you were hitting the head with a tire iron. My guy's the greatest. You're a jerk. <laughs> Dude, most of you have been hit in the head with tire irons. Sway, correct. And I embrace that. What Sway right there just says, hey, Sills, we may be all jerks, but do we not stick together? Yes, sir. I think Javon Hardgrave's doing that because he wants to embrace the Niner fans. Okay, hey, don't don't kid yourselves, man. The Niners have a great fan base. I talked to that fan base when I was on KMBR 68 and at KGO. They got a great fan base. 
Don't kid yourselves. That's one of the best brands on the West Coast for football. Is San Francisco 49er fans. Not a chance I'll disrespect that fan base. Except your grub at your stadium. Again, white wine spritzers versus beers at the link. I have to tell you, I'm not showing up at that place in Santa Clara eating cheese and cheese on a cracker versus eating a hot dog and a beer at Lincoln Financial. That is where we cut our differences there. You guys drink white wine spritzers and have drinks with like umbrellas in it at the game. I'm looking for a beer and a hot dog. I mean, you get, you get four types of cheese when you go to a when you go to a 49er game. Dude, any stadium that serves white wine spritzers, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Plus I got I can't wait to see the tailgate parties at the link. I can't wait. By the way, you know how my boy Dave Portnoy goes around and he goes around tasting and testing all types of uh, pizza places around the country. I'm going to go around Lincoln Financial and I'm going to test who has the best tailgate. That's my ultimate dream. Can you imagine the grub at the Philly tailgating for an Eagle game? Dude, Buffalo would be great. Steelers, Niners. Well, they have a kind of a weird menu, right? I love that pizza review too, James. I think that's one of the best things Barstool does. All right, let me get into this. I think it's very apparent that the 2022 season is now in the rear of your mirror. And this is going to be clearly a brand new 2023 Eagle look. And I think you guys, after game one, have all come away with that fact that this is going to be a little different climb to get back to the NFC Championship game. For God crazed? Okay. I think crazed in a good way. Yo, my friend. Hey, by the way, Angelo Cataldi today at 4.30. The legendary Philadelphia sportscaster will join us at 4.30. Um, we'll, this is going to be completely different than last year. I think you guys are getting a sense of that now after game one, right? All right? Big Sills, my brother Dan, was invited to Cowboys tryouts after Coach Lacewell from Arkansas State referred him to J.J. Do you remember Dan Miller? I do. Absolutely. Do. Wow. Larry Lacewell, you know? That's a legendary name between Coach Switzer and Coach Johnson. Very nice, Wayne. Very nice. Very nice. Um, It's going to be completely different here, right? By the way, all the stuff that happened, all the stuff that happened on Sunday, let's make it very clear here, okay? We're now on to Minnesota, tomorrow night's game. We are now on to Minnesota. By the way, what Tone is throwing up at you here, do me a favor, guys. Our great friends at Hooters is giving you an opportunity to win yourself some great merchandise with Jacob Sports and with Hooters and gift certificates all the way through Friday. We'll announce the winner on Monday. All you have to do is email the show. You'll see a code word that's thrown up each and every single hour. All you have to do 
his email tone, and he will get you the opportunity to win yourself potentially an opportunity to get yourself some merchandise. And the winner, they will be announced on Football Mondays. And we'll do that on Monday of next week. And we'll do that each and every single Monday. So we invite you to come aboard with us. Um, so let's just do this right out of the gate. Offense looked, and I'm going to get to why I think the offense and where the offense is going for the Minnesota game. But how about this so far? It's already a different year, isn't it? Why? Nicobe Dean, your Mike linebacker's out. Didn't TJ play all 17 games? Didn't, didn't Edwards play all 17? Reed Blankenship is trending where he's not going to play. Kenneth Gainwell is trending not to play. Okay? Played all 20 games. TJ played all 20 games. James Bradbury is in concussion protocol. There's not a chance in hell he's going to play tomorrow night. And Fletcher Cox is trending towards playing. So let's just go here, health-wise. You're starting out differently than you did last year. Not just, we're not even talking about talent. You're starting with a football team that was already questioned when it comes to depth, especially on the defensive side of the football. Okay? Yeah, but Dirty D, he says, next man up, Sills. Yeah, that played out well last year. You don't have the same depth on this football team and experience. You you see, here's the difference from this year to last year. Dude, you can go to Gardner Johnson to read Blankenship if he misses time. Now you're going from read Blankenship to rookies. That's the complete difference from this year and last year. Do you see it? It's got nothing really even. We're not even talking about talent yet. We're, we're, we're talking about experienced football players. You had a ton of experience last year. Hey, by the way, Scott brings up Avante Maddox. What is up with that guy? I never hear his name. He's always hurt. There's something always. I mean, do they count on him for anything? I mean, he's he's useless. I never hear that guy's name. I never hear his name. I mean, what, what, what kind of, how important is he? I never hear the guy. I never hear him making plays. Um, so just in, just in availability, you're not as experienced as you were a year ago. Okay. You're just not. So, what do we expect to see on Thursday? Hey, real quick, I want to tell you something also. What Baker Mayfield did. Hey, who do the um, Eagles play next week? Can you guys tell me who the Eagles play next week? Who, who do they play next week? 
Who do the Eagles play the following week? They play the Bucks. So Baker Mayfield came out and said, I think on a show somewhere, were that Brian Flores and his defense were tipping off the signs on the sidelines to go to cover two or cover three. So what he's doing is he's throwing smoke signals out to the Vikings as they prepare for the Eagles. You better watch your sideline, guys, or the Eagles are going to pick it up too. Baker Mayfield helped the Vikings prepare for the Eagles by just telling them. It's like a pitcher, um, you know, having tendencies on the mound. So what he did was he telegraphed it to Brian Flores. Your guys, I knew exactly what they were doing on the sideline. You better fix it. Or Jalen Hurts is going to see it along with all the coaches that you guys are tipping off your signs. Don't think they haven't changed that already. So Baker Mayfield helped the Vikings prepare for the Eagles because he, if, he, if he was smart, he just would have shut his mouth. Okay? He just would have shut his mouth. But what he's doing is he's helping the Vikings out. It's like tipping pitches. Exactly, Arthur. So Mayfield throws that out there. Hey, Minnesota, you're going into this Thursday game? You might want to take a look at your sideline guys when they signal in the defenses because I knew exactly where you were going each and every single time when you went to cover two or cover three. It's quite a guy there. (laughs) It's quite a guy. He knows the Eagles are one of the teams, if not the team, to beat in the NFC. Okay? You guys may not think that's anything, but the Buccaneers knew what the coverages were. How would you like not to have to read defenses and know where the coverages are pre-snap? Do you think that's a big deal? If you knew who, where they were going to line up every time, and you're the quarterback with Mike Evans and with Chris Godwin, and you knew where they were going to line up every time, you think that's an advantage to Baker Mayfield? I think that, hey, I, I know he's going to end up going back to cover two. Even if he's disguising it now, he's going to cover two. He read it. Jonathan goes like this, dude, you're giving too much credit to a nobody. That's not the point. That's not the point. Giving too much credit? You don't have to be smart or good to pick up when someone's tipping their pitches. What does that have to do? You can be a nobody and know if you're tipping your pitches. That has nothing to do with talent. That has nothing to do with talent. We're not even talking about a nobody or a good or whatever. There's nothing to do with that. Quan goes, hey, Baker wants to get back to the progressive. Yeah, he wants to bring progressive down from Cleveland down to Tampa. (laughs) Okay. Great. All right. Sure. All right. Let's get into the game here. How will the Vikings attack the Eagles and the Eagles attack the Vikes? 
And let me throw this one first at you here. How many people believe that the offense will turn around versus the Vikings tomorrow night? I watched the 22, by the way. I watched the 22 of the Eagle Patriot game. How many people believe, and I'll tell you what I think the problem was. Okay? And I'll tell you exactly what I think the problem is. Tills, you know Cousins is going to get sacked to death. Your secondary is not very good. I think it's going to be a, we'll get to it here in a minute. Eagles will run the ball. With who? Jalen? Okay. Devin goes, it will be better, but not completely. Okay. Here's where, here, here, here's what I think the offense is going to have. Here's what I think happened um, versus the um, Patriots for the offense. You know, you go back and you watch, it was game tempo. They hadn't seen or practiced game tempo. They got the ball. They had a really nice first drive. And then after that, what did New England do? New England sped the game up. They started going to quick quick counts, no huddle. They went to game tempo. Why? Because Belichick plays his guys in the exhibition season. And those guys hadn't played at all. Game tempo is something you practice. So you're not – when you – look, being in a practice and being in an organized team practice, to me – that's not anything what game tempo is. Phil Sims a year ago said the same thing. When you're in these controlled environments and you're not playing games and you don't see game tempo, to me, that comes down to timing and continuity. When you watch the Eagles start to flutter after the first drive, New England sped the game up, like I said. They, they started going quick on you. And the game tempo, I think, through the secondary. And you started seeing that even on the defensive side. But on the offensive side, they were, they were playing with game tempo on that defensive side. And I think what they did was disguising and moving and bringing up new coverages. It confused the entire unit. It confused the entire unit, especially, hey, A.J. Brown said it in the post. He said it in the post. Man, they threw everything at us. There were times we didn't even know what was coming. I did too. Carter would have had four sacks. Jones was getting rid of the ball quickly. Brady-like. Yeah, because they had in-game adjustments, and your coaches suck. They sucked in that game. I mean, when you go back and you watch the 22, it, it's glaring, the coaching, and the problems that you had in coaching. It was glaring. Glaring. So I think the offense is going to get better. I think the offense... Because they got through a game, I think the best thing that ever happened to the Eagle offense was the Patriot game. Because I think now you're going to get up to speed here for that. Then you're going to start getting continuity going again. Yeah, you're going to start seeing it. And you're going to start feeling it. Absolutely. Joshua completely destroyed in coaching. It was a joke. Both sides of the ball, joke. Absolutely outcoached. And it wasn't close. 
okay? The only reason, get this, the Patriots did such a great job of coaching. They had the ball with a chance to win the game with a lesser team than you. That's coaching. That's coaching. Okay? Completely coaching. Okay? And to me, I think they're going to be better tomorrow. I do. Because I think that game tempo is going to get into rhythm. And they know they have to. I don't believe... Brian Flores is going to do a lot of the same things Belichick does. However, they don't have the same front four and front seven that New England has. That defense is nowhere near as talented. The Vikings had a good defense about three years ago. Okay? About three years ago, they had a pretty decent defense. Now, I think it's a lot of loose parts and a lot of missing pieces on that Vikings team. Now, you got a good coordinator over there. You got a good coordinator. Okay? Missing Dean will be the best thing ever. Hey, nine or all day? Not having N'Kobe Dean on the field will be the best thing for the Eagles. Whoever they put out there will be an upgrade. So don't be upset with Dean not being out there. I'd rather not have him out there. If that's me, he's not good enough to cover these. He can't cover TJ Hawkinson. He couldn't cover Hunter Henry. He couldn't cover Gisick. Stop lying to yourselves. He was terrible. He got turned around seven times out there. Watch the 22. He was brutal. He had three good run fits. After that, he got caught in traffic, hurt, out. Standard. I said it. You have an upgrade not having him out there. Okay? An upgrade. Because he's just... I I, I can't say he's not good enough yet. That's not fair. And I won't say that. But he can't cover right now. He's got problems in his pass coverage. Awful. Worst linebacker on the team right now. Supposedly with the most smarts. He didn't play it. Um, so I think the offense is going to get back in to a rhythm. They got to be patient, though. And, and, and here's something that aggravates me, and I can't wait to get Angelo on. Here's something that aggravates me beyond no end on why you have such junior varsity coaches, completely junior varsity coaches. Who in their right mind says this prior to a game on Thursday night? Follow me here. Nick Sirianni, we want to get DeAndre Swift more touches. Here's the other one, Brian Johnson. We have to get Dallas Goddard the ball. Don't tell people what you're going to do and what you want to do. You're telling them that on Tuesday? That's so dumb. How do you know you have to get Swift the ball more? 
Have you seen Minnesota's personnel settings and their coverages on how they're going to defend you yet? This comes down to in-game adjustments. That's why Belichick coached your pants off. It's because of dumbass comments like that. Dude, you can't tell me on a Monday or Tuesday who you want to go to. That's something that's determined in-game. Not before the game or after the game. You got to keep your faces shut. Why would you telegram? So get get this, if I'm Brian Flores now, hey, they're going to try to establish this kid here. Jalen struggled on reading some of the defenses that they threw at him. So they're going to try to get him the ball on block and release. Watch out for the counter trade play. Because what they're trying to do also with the Goddard thing, they're trying to free up the Y and Z. When they're talking like that. Dude, these coordinators are not dumb. These, This is like dumb shit here. Nobody telegraphs things. So now what you do is the opposite here. I see what they're trying to do here. How in the world do you know on a Tuesday where to go? Good luck stopping our old line from running the ball. New England beat the shit out of your old line. They, they beat you. New England's one of the worst teams in the NFC, or AFC, excuse me. They beat you up front. Okay? They beat you up front. Let me ask you something here, and I am going to tell you something, and I think this is true. Pietro goes like this. He thought the O-line for the Eagles played better than the Patriots' D-line. How many people in here believe that? How many people honestly with honest eyes, not your heart, believe that the Philadelphia Eagle O-line beat the Patriot O-line? How many people believe that? How many people believe that? All right. I'm going to ask you something here. Maniac, thank you, brother. I'm going to ask you something else here. Let me say this to you. Let's do a Josh Allen-Jalen Hurts comparison here. How many people believe that defenses are starting to figure out Josh Allen? And D coordinators are catching up with him a little bit. How many people are, how many people do you believe that defenses are starting to catch up with Josh Allen and they're figuring out how to like coordinate against them? Senor goes, I do. So, the Bills and their quarterback, coordinators are starting to figure him out. Do you think coordinators are starting to figure out one Reed Hurts? The number that Tone gave me is a prime indicator, if I'm a coordinator, what he's doing. 
70% of Jalen Hurts' passes go to three dudes, okay? Which means one read. You very rarely in games, especially if the running game's not going, see two guys killing in a game. Rarely. Unless you're playing completely inferior opponents. It's always one guy having a day. You know how some of you always say this? Well, it's this guy's turn. Well, it's this guy's turn. Yeah, that's one read. I think coordinators are figuring that out. That's why Belichick left some of those guys wide open because he knew Hurts wasn't going to go there. They were predetermined throws. Anybody who watched the 22, anybody who watched the game live saw that. You can blame the coordinator all you want. But when you have all those guys wide open like that, all over the field all day long, that's a quarterback thing too. And, and you combine Allen's recklessness. Yeah. So why wouldn't they have figured out Hurts? Now, again, let's back that comment up for a minute here. It is the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the National Football League that was going against Jalen. He does that to everyone. He does that to everyone. Are you going to help with this? Are you going to see as good a game plan defensively versus Jalen from any team you'll play this year? Maybe the Cowboys. Dan Quinn's a good coordinator, but he's not Belichick. Let me say another thing about Belichick. Don't you think there's a coincidence that he coached the greatest offensive player and the greatest defensive player in the history of the sport? Or is that just by luck? Do you, do you think that's by luck that he coached the greatest defensive player in NFL history in Lawrence Taylor and the greatest offensive player in Tom Brady? Or is that just by coincidence? Do you think that, of course, is by coincidence that every quarterback he's ever had in New England has gone on? And he, how, many, how many guys are in the league now that he drafted? I mean, so that's luck that you had two of the greatest players, even though you came up with a revolutionary defense to rush and the only defensive guy in the history of the league at the time to rush an outside linebacker. No one was doing it. Belichick designed it, and you don't think he helped make LT. You can't be any dumber. Total coincidence? How come Tom Brady comes out and says, if it wasn't for Belichick's intellect and how you approach defenses, I would never understand where pre-snap reads are. But that's okay. Keep sticking to fantasy football. Probably by coincidence. Okay. Have coordinators caught up with Jalen? I can't say that after six quarters of Belichick football or four quarters. 
I got to see this thing in Minnesota. If I see it again for another four quarters, one read bullshit, then we got a problem. Okay? Because I saw, I saw Brady when he was with the Bucks play against him, and he shut Brady down pretty much too. Bill's the best defensive-minded guy in the history of the sport, eight Super Bowl rings. There's nobody better than him. You could debate it all you want. The guy has the jury to prove it. And anything you say is irrelevant because all he has to do is drop the satchel of rings on the table. You could talk about this, talk about that. He's got the bag of rings. And you have opinion on dissecting things. It's, it, it's luck that he has all those rings, and it's luck that he coached the two greatest players of all time on each side of the ball. <laughs> Man. Talk about people not giving people credit. Okay? Seriously. Talk about blaming the wrong people like Brian Johnson. He, he's, he's not without fault in that game. Like, the, and, and then get this. So Sirianni comes out and also says this bullshit. Well, you know, Penny's going to help us. And it was our decision not to activate him for the game. But you thought game... I thought you guys were telling me six yards. So you went with Kenny Gainwell over a guy who has six yards of carry? I mean, I would have ran Rashad Penning until his legs broke versus Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell's not going to win you ball games. He's a dude. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, Jalen Hurts. Goddard, those guys are going to win you games. To establish the worst guy in your huddle. Seriously, the first series, I watched Quez Watkins and Kenneth Gainwell more in that game against the Patriots in the first quarter than I saw them all of last year. I mean, I saw them more in that first quarter than I did the entire year last year. I just, I mean, it it just didn't have any continuity. When you watch the 22, after, can I tell you what happened? And I'll tell you exactly what went on in that first series. Why do you guys think that series went well and then all of a sudden you had a ton of three and outs? Why do you guys think it had, because it was scripted. They had scripted pretty much every single play with predetermined throws, what they were going to do. And after that, Brian Johnson had to put a game plan together. And that's why it was helter-skelter. That's why it was unbalanced. That's why it looked off. I mean, I'll give Shane Steichen this. They must have designed a theory in each series on what they were going to do. Because I'll tell you something else. If you watch the Buffalo game, remember something. This goes back to Bill Walsh days. This goes back to Bill Walsh. They used to script the first 22 plays for Montana. But Bill went off of that and had in-game adjustments. And Bill was a great – he was a great play caller. Okay? He was a great play caller. They're talking a sitting game? Well, yeah, because he's hurt. Dude, you don't have running backs. You know what's funny? 
you don't have running backs, you don't have linebackers, and you don't have safeties. One guy could be, but he's not ready to cook yet. In all positions, how he went cheap on. <laughs> all rearing its head and you're hurt right out of the gate. You're hurt enough to concern you. I know you are. You're hurt enough to have concern. Don't forget Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 4.30 Eastern. Sills, if Jerry Jones never had conflict with Jimmy, would they have won more Super Bowls and have been better than Belichick? Absolutely. They would have kept that thing going. They were the youngest team in the league. Eagles got in the way. Ego's gotten away. Hey, Bill Walsh had stayed in San Francisco. They'd have won more. Egos, that wasn't an ego thing. Bill wanted out. He thought coaches after 10 years had to get out of the room. Okay? Riley goes, Sills, I figured out the plan why play Swift on Sunday. Then again, on Thursday, he definitely is going to get hurt. Arresting Gainwell this week. Swift and Penny will play a lot tomorrow. Hey, man, I'm going to play Rashad Penny as much as I can right now. Seals, when we pummel the Vikings tomorrow, whatever. You're not pummeling anybody with that defense. Your defense is not good. This is a passing league. Hey, you may do a – hey, watch this. Darius Slay may do a good job on Justin Jefferson. We'll see. You ain't got a guy on the planet that can cover Hawkinson, K.J. Osborne, Shit, you turn Hunter Henry and Gisek into all pros on Sunday. Who's covering them? Some dude named Job? So he's going to cover Jordan Addison too. Never happened. Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> Maurice thinks the defense won the game. The defense didn't win that game. The lack of talent... In New England, won that game. Your defense didn't do one thing special, except for Carter and Davis. The rest of them sucked. You couldn't set the edge, and you couldn't cover a soul. Mac Jones outplayed Jalen Hurts. Doesn't that hurt? Mac Jones outplayed your guy. Big time, 35 of 54, 316, three touchdowns, and a pick. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Slade didn't play all that hot. You go back and watch the 22. Outside the pick six, he got eaten up too. Dude, somebody was catching those footballs. Nine guys were targeted. Nine nobodies. Who's the kid Burke? I know I've never heard of him. Dude, that's maybe the worst offensive group of players in the entire league. There's not a star on that offense in New England, and you struggled against it. You're playing stars on Thursday. Now, Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to have a big game. Sway, whatever, dude. 
I think he's going to have put up big numbers. I think the point will be that the Vikings' defense is, I don't believe, good enough to stop the Eagle offense. I, I don't see where you're, you're – I mean, I just don't see that. I don't see their defense. I think this is a high-scoring football game. I think there's going to be some pretty big numbers. That's right. Elevated. You won on talent. And I said it. You were the better team. I said 27-20. It was 25-20. I didn't pick against Philly on Sunday. I know some of you think I did, but I didn't. Okay? Um... Lord, help us if the Vikings are playing from behind. Here's here's what I would do if I'm the Eagles against the Vikings. Jalen Hurts got to run the ball more. Got to run the ball more. You know why? Run that clock off. If you beat the Vikings 21-7, what do you care? Until that defense comes around. I don't think you're going to have a very good defense this year. Because you're going to be horrible in pass coverage. There's not any hope that that thing's going to be turned around with elite quarterbacks playing against. You're not even in the elite part of your schedule yet when you play elite QBs. Dak Prescott's going to destroy that secondary. He destroyed the number two defense last year. That thing, he'll throw for 500 yards against it. Hey, he had a horrible year and threw for five TDs against you last year. Brock Purdy will kill that defense. He will kill that defense. I mean, Mahomes is going to torture it. Torture it. And Doza goes, we'll see. Mac Jones killed it. Doza. Mac Jones killed it. And you really, you think Mac Jones is a better quarterback? The Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid play calling delusional, delusional. No, no, no. Here, Tone said something yesterday, and I'm going to continue. And I agree with Tone. I do think the offense was rust and not playing with game tempo and not practicing game tempo. I do on Sunday. You got personnel issues. Christian Ellis, Zach Cunningham, and Nicholas Morrow, all castoffs, are your starting linebackers. And one of those dudes was picked up three weeks ago. Man, on the, I mean, <laughs> last year when you signed Sue and Linville Joseph, they were signed as backups, not starters. They backed up Hardgrave and Fletcher. They weren't starters. Okay? They weren't. You know what's great? Every single thing that I'm saying here, you know it. That defense is not good enough. Here's what I would do if I'm the Eagles. Okay, defensively against the Vikings. It's too much offensive talent on the Viking side. You can't match up anywhere. 
you may want to blitz more. You may want to do some T-stunts in the middle there with, with Jalen Carter because I think they're going to have a tough time blocking him. I would put him in there, okay? I'd put him in there, and I – by the way, you need more out of your edge rushers. Brandon Graham was a no-show. He was on a milk carton. Um, Josh Sweat, I saw him. Believe he had a sack in the game, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, I thought he struggled on setting the edge versus a really shitty offensive line. Okay? Spin goes, loves the show. What's hilarious? Hey, Spin, what am I saying that's hilarious? Tell me. Tell me what I'm saying that's wrong. Bad weather? Jesus, crime. And he wants you to come up with another stupid-ass excuse why you played like shit. Holy cow. Nobody's talking about bad weather. How dumb are you? Fields and dumb weather and... <laughs> What am I saying? Your defense blows. Have to blitz 60% of the time or JJ goes for 11 catches, 166, and two TDs. I think you have to bring pressure too. Okay. Broken record. I haven't talked about the Vikings all year until today. You watch the Buccaneers beat the Vikings and think that the Vikings will have success against the Eagles. The Vikings who are thought were bad, whatever. Um, You're not good on defense. The Buccaneers are. Are you under the impression you have a better defense than the Bucs? You don't really believe you have a better defense than the Buccaneers, do you? (laughs) There's not a position on the defensive side of the football except maybe one corner that you're better than Tampa. Tampa's defense is by far better than yours. That guy in the middle is going to stop the run. Jason Kelsey looked shitty against the Patriots. You have a better secondary? No, 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 no. You have one good corner... And another corner who got killed in that. By the way, Bradbury played pathetic if you watch the 22. Bucks have a good DT. You might want to do this one. The Bucks also have good linebackers. That's in those guys' leagues. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, I'm sorry about we're having a little issue here with the um, with the internet here. Hopefully everything comes back here. May have to take a time out here in a second, but um, Dean played great if you watch. Dean was terrible. The Kobe Dean was brutal if you watch the 22. He was brutal, Twiz. Brutal. 
Okay, brutal. Dan, his name is Trashberry. No, 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 no. But again, those guys have lesser talent than Minnesota does. Lesser talent. So again, if I'm if I'm the defensive side going against the Eagles, how I would do this, if I'm Minnesota, I think you got to jam those wideouts and play man coverage. I think you got to play man because Hertz doesn't read defense as well. He's a one throw guy. And I think you got to get that thing off rhythm. Now, what that also does is it gives guys like Devontae and AJ the ability to beat those guys on the corner. This is what people say. If you want to play man coverage and you have lesser talented guys, do you want to have a quick death or do you want to play a zone cover and do you want to have a slow death? Because either way, to me, the game is those two guys out wide. Jalen's got to get the ball to one of them guys. No, not one, all of them. Not just one guy. He's got to spread that shit around more. There can't be three dudes catching the football and that's it. There's got to be more continuity in the passing game. Then you can run the ball with whomever. Okay? That's right, Brandon. I just said that. They can't play man. Well, you could either die a slow death or a quick one. You don't have the personnel to beat the Eagles on defense. You don't have it. If you're the Vikings, you don't have the personnel. Hey, hey, Tone, can you give us that chat? That super chat, the 499 one, I missed that. I want to make sure I get these guys who throw that out there. I apologize, guys, for... Um. Hey, Chris, and, and, and here, here's the thing about the, about the Eagle. Again, are the Eagle corners going to play man or zone? If you play back off of Addison and off of Justin Jefferson and you're playing center field, you got Hawkinson and Osborne doing crossing routes underneath, they'll kill you. Patriots killed you. Patriots killed you. Mac Jones threw for 300 yards on you. <laughs> Mac Jones, who you guys almost per man told me sucked. Dan, can you tell us why Ryan Poles is a general manager? You could have had Jalen Carter. Fear. They want to have the baggage in the locker room and you don't have the culture yet for leadership in your Bears locker room yet. Um, and you passed on him because of fear. Jalen Carter was the best player in the draft. I said that. There were about four or five sandbox guys. The rest of them were just dudes. There were some good ball players, and it went down to a round, what did I say, 36 guys? that were probably draftable and that were really good. And there were probably around 15 true first rounders. The quarterbacks all showed me nothing. I don't see anybody special. 
There's not a special quarterback in this draft. Okay? The position's such a need position, though. They overdraft that position every year. That's why they get it wrong every year. That's why Hurts is a second rounder. Dak's a late rounder. Brady's a late rounder. Because they get that position wrong every year. Every year they get that position wrong. I mean, this quarterback class, I said it to you. I don't see it. And that's probably right, senor. Anthony Richardson was probably the best of them all. And I don't really think, I thought, okay. I mean, rookie, got to give it a little more. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Look at at in Chicago right now with Justin Fields. I'll say this to you one more time. So Matt Eberflus comes out today. You know what he said? Justin Fields has got to play better. I mean, how many years are we into this experiment now? What is this, three? He's got to play better? Okay, well, I mean, we're getting to that time now. We're almost over 25. How many games has that guy started? Over 25? Look, one thing you could say about Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts put 25 games in and you went, okay, I mean, yeah, I'll build my team around him. I'm good with it. You go this with Justin Fields, You've played 25 games and you're still doing this. You got to play better, son? I don't know. I don't want to be in that position, especially when I got a draft choice next year that, quite frankly, I could go into the draft and get myself another opportunity to get a starter. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Sills, why do you think Hurts seemed to spread the ball well last year? Um, I don't think they had enough game tape on him, Kyle. Kyle, I think you guys are right. I, I, and I, and I think, and I'm going to concede with you guys. I think what happened last, this, what's happening now to Josh Allen, they're, they're not reinventing themselves every year or every game. I think their in-game adjustments suck. And that goes to Ken. I love Ken Dorsey to death. You know, I do, but I don't think their in-game adjustments are very good. I think they plug and play. I think they allowed him to be too reckless. I think the play calling's reckless. I mean, there's not a sense of urgency in the play calling. They go off script, especially in the second half. And what you need to do is just keep him in the box. You keep him in the box. You don't give him up the plus 25 play. You've got Josh Allen in a box, especially when you got a defense like the Jets does. It just looks too chaotic. And I think coordinators caught up with him. Plus, the one thing that he is that Jalen isn't, he's not – I mean, Jalen's not reckless. That guy is. He He's reckless, and the in-game adjustments aren't helping him, and there needs to be more of a sense of urgency. Now, look, they don't have enough talent to win. They got one wide out. The rest of them, they have no running game, and they're relying on Josh Allen to do what Patrick Mahomes does. Well – we're now seeing that that's maybe not the case. Okay? That's maybe what we're seeing here a little bit. And I appreciate you guys hanging in here. Thank you so much. The internet's having a little issue with it here, so we hope that it sits here and corrects itself here a little bit. So when it comes to Jalen, though, look, I do think not playing – see – don't you think that offense needs to get in rhythm more? 
I mean, don't you think you need like actual gameplays to get it going? Here, let me let me let, let's go back one. I'm going to show you the difference here and how teams and how coordinators catch up with you. Tone, you too, man. Do you guys think that Detroit game, that the offense looked better than it did against New England? Think about last year's opener. Did you guys think that the offense looked a little bit better last year? And Jalen looked better, and I thought he did, in the Detroit game. Okay, fast forward to this year. He didn't look good at all in that game Sunday. Okay, why? There's more tape on him. There's more tape on defending. Okay? There's more tape on defending AJ. See, to me, I think the coordinators know. You see, you got to remember something about the fundamentals of RPO. And by the way, I think what... Sills, what's harder? A seven-step drop offensive quarterback or what Jalen Hurts does running the RPO? It's more physical what Jalen does. He runs a more physical offense. Jalen Hurts runs a more physical, and his decision-making has to be quicker. When you're in a seven-step, dude, you get to look the field over, and you got to rely on your old lineman to block for you. But when you're Hurts, watch this. Snap. Turn. Block, release, throw, hand off, or do I keep it and run? You don't have time to sit around and scan the field. Where, where are you scanning progression reading? When you have, here's his RPO tells you what the identity of the offense is and the three letters that represent the offense. Do I run it? Him or me? Or do I pass it? He's not doing this, coming down the line of scrimmage, either going to hand up and then dropping back. That's not, that's not, he's not progression reading. That's why three guys got the majority of the targets. I'm not saying what Jalen's doing is any more, less complex than what they're doing in Kansas City with Mahomes. I'm saying it's just a different approach in how to move the sticks. But when you're a coordinator, the reason why Belichick was dropping those coverages down like that and allowing her certain guys, especially on the backside, if you noticed, right, Tone? The guys that were wide open were the guys streaking across the backside of the defense when he was front side. You rarely saw guys on his snap side wherever he went with the ball. And then the other thing he does he runs that counter trade play. He'll go with strong side to the right with the tight end to the right, keep the ball and go backside over here. They were prepared for that. How many yards did he get last year off that counter, off that counter trade play? Ton of yards. He got a ton of yards off that counter trade play. He'd snap the ball, take it, keep it, turn, go weak side. You watch it on the 22, 
You know what the, you know what the Patriots did? They kept their integrity on the backside and got as deep as the ball. That's what you're coached to do. Stay as deep as the ball. Don't chase the ball. Keep with your technique. And they pretty much controlled that play. They, they did a really good job on that play. Now, it's a really complex offense to run. And I do think it's more physical to run an RPO. But last year, they didn't know how to defend it. Now you know how to defend that thing. You don't have to worry about the backside drag coming across the seam on the backside because he can't see it. Now, if he pulls out of that, and maybe what Brian Johnson's going to do, maybe you'll see some backside throws. That's a way to slow that down. Gainwell and Bradbury officially listed as out. Concerning. Absolutely concerning. Um, 49ers did do a good job on that play last year. They did do a really good job on that play. Um, Will. Will, they win this game Thursday. But this again, you know, here. Did we not say this, Tone? Guys, you're going to win these games. <laughs> it's just not going to be in the style you saw a year ago when they took control of games right out of the gate. You know how I know that? You had a six, you were you you had 16 points on New England and they came back on you and had to drive at the end of the game to beat you. This is going to be one of those kind of games. Okay? Um all Hurts does is beat elite defenses. He does? How many elite defenses have you played? New England? What was an elite defense last year? Cowboys? They beat you too. What what elite defense did you play last year? Oh, wait. You're right. Washington. They beat you too. The Lions were not an elite defense. Okay. All right. Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 4.30 Eastern time. Hey, we are so looking forward. We were making plans, Joe and I, today of coming into town here, and we can't wait to meet some of you guys. By the way, we're with our friends at Oceans 2. We're going to be hanging out there a little bit, and we're so excited to see our friends at Hooters, and it's a 40th anniversary. The iconic Hooter girls are going to be there to serve you in any one of the seven locations in the Northeast area. You go to northeasthooters.com to find one of those locations. We're going to be doing a ton of stuff at the King of Prussia one. We cannot wait to meet you. Listen, with the game tomorrow, the official home of all Eagle fans is Hooters. And if you don't want to go into the place, you got to go to hooters.com. Hooters2go.com. Hooters2go.com. Go there, man. I mean, you can bring the food home. The sandwiches are sensational. I mean it. Tried the fried pickles. Some of the great specials. Buy 10 wings. You get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, man. 1983, that's the year the place was founded. Nobody knows Hooters better than Big Sills here. All you can eat Saturday. Six items, six bucks. NortheastHooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest you. And when you roll into any one of them, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sills sent you. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. million people watched that Monday night ball game, making it one of the highest rated games um, that ESPN has had for the Monday night game since they've had the package. It's great. It's absolutely great. I want to say one thing about, before we get back to the coaching, I'm going to write this down here, the coaching. By the way, Angelo Cataldi at the bottom of the hour at 4.30 Eastern. Um, one thing about the Jets, Jets are looking for a quarterback. I do think Nick Foles makes sense. You know why? Nick Foles is used to being in that role of being the ultimate substitute teacher. Now, it would be for a longer extended period of time, obviously, But I think, Nick, they're going to give Zach Wilson every opportunity to be the starting quarterback with the Jets. And Nick comes in and give him – I'd rather give him that opportunity because he's played that role before. He's got – that's a very talented football team. Nobody – here, let's do this, for instance, on Nick Foles. And this is where I'm going to come to Nick Foles' um, defense here. You know how everybody, and I I heard D Gunn and everybody saying this today on Sports Take. Silsey's never really had any kind of success anywhere else but Philly. Well, let's dissect that for a second. You think he was going to get really great coaching with Doug Marone? Or with the Bears? Or with the Colts? 
where have they ever developed a quarterback at those three shit boxes? Where, where in the world? Why would you think that Nick would go in there and transform that organization when they've never been able to transform any organization? Maybe a little bit of Blake Bortles and a whole bunch of, what was the guy's name back in the day? That was the quarterback, Mark Brunel. Other than that, it's been horrible. I mean, where in the world? The Jets are an incinerator for burning quarterbacks out. That's why they had to go buy a veteran. So Nick not having success. Here, watch this. Nick not having success sales with Jacksonville, Chicago, or an Indy. Yeah, it probably makes sense. Probably makes sense. I mean, where would you think Nick Foles would go in there? And Nick Foles had great coaching in the perfect storm. You know what he had? Two backup quarterbacks as his coordinator and head coach. Who knew the role and were comfortable with him taking over? I'll tell you this that's as good as a move by coaching for coaches to have gut feelings and not over the um, um, the metrics on people, what they use today, as you had when you had what's his name in St. Louis after Trent Green got hurt, when Dick Vermeil went like this, and everyone wanted. Charlie Army to go out, who was a GM at the time of the Rams, to make a trade for a quarterback. Nah, I'm going with this guy. I'm going with this guy, Kurt Warner. There's something wrong with this guy, man. I like this guy. He's different. Nobody in the building. Mike March said, Kurt Warner? He was with the Iowa Barnstormers the year before. Okay. Right? So some of these other things are just dumb. By the way, I got I got I I have to I have to say this. I can't wait for Colin Kaepernick to go away in this race baiting and this business that he's in of race baiting. Son, you want to play ball, go play in the XFL, USFL, show people you can still play. You haven't played in seven years. You're not an option, you're a distraction. Leak paid $20 million to go away. By the way, I never thought he was a bad quarterback. I actually liked him. But this is now absurd and insane. And it's just race baiting. It's absolute race baiting. He's not an option. Okay? He's not an option. I'd rather have Nathan Peterman on my team than Colin Kaepernick. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean... And so his agent's calling the Jets. Why would you call the Jets? So you can make the NFL look bad. So when they say no, <laughs> I can't wait for this story to go away. Seriously, this is an absolute, that's right there race baiting. When there's true racism in the NFL and you see it with coaching hires, that's one thing. But when you see this kind of shit here, it hurts it. It's a complete joke. Hey, this story was big ten uh, six years ago. Now, you're just looking to keep your name in the press. 
Dude, to me, if I really wanted to play ball that bad, go play in the XFL, go play in the USFL. Go do what every other guy does to try to keep his career alive and try to keep it fueled. Show people you want to play and not play them. It's a dumb conversation. And it's not worthy of the NFL any longer. Okay? It's just not. It's race baiting. Enough. Before we move on to coaching here, the Packers also are casualties of Aaron Rodgers' injury. So there's a silver lining here for the Jets a little bit. You ready? They don't have to give up a 2024 first-round draft choice now because he's not going to play 65% of the games and he's not going to play 65% of the plays this year. Um, they only have to give up a second rounder. So the Jets get a little bit of break there where, again, they don't have to send Green Bay a first rounder. The Packers get hurt in this because they don't get that first rounder. Okay? So, again, all right. Let's, let's, let's get back to the coaching here for tomorrow night. By the way, our friend Angelo Cataldi will be with us at the bottom of the hour. What do you have a bigger concern on tomorrow night? Personnel or coaching? I'm going to ask Angie this question. What do you have more of a concern on? Sean decides is going to be, he's going to be under the microscope a lot. He's going to be under the microscope a ton here. Barb goes personnel. D-line's going to eat Thursday night. It has to. Because your secondary and backers can't cover. Coaching, but a few players are out. Hey. Few players are out. Didn't Peter King say this was the deepest roster in the NFL? We're going to put that to a test, aren't we, tomorrow? Because here's your guys out. Nicobe Dean, Kenneth Gainwell, Bradbury, and I would think Blankenship's next. Okay? I'm watching... Offensive coaching and defensive personnel. So you have more faith than Sean Desai in stopping that offense of the Vikings than you do Brian Johnson getting the offense back in sync again. I think I they just were not dominant enough running the ball. They were in the first sequence series of plays. But they... They just became, in my opinion, it's not the deepest roster. Ty just says it's the deepest roster. How can it be the deepest roster when your linebackers suck and your safeties got annihilated? Deepest where? What are you talking about? You know where you're becoming deep? Your DTs. Your DTs. 
Your DTs are becoming deep. Nowhere else on that defense. That defense is – you take Jalen Carter off that defense, you're not very good. Blankenship is out. So now Blankenship is out. How do you feel about going to that game against Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, and TJ Hawkinson now? Your best safety's out. Your back that you established for whatever reason is out. Your all pro corner's out. Your Mike linebacker's gone for four weeks. Sales, why do they script plays? Good question. A lot of teams do this. Here's what you'll do, too. Um, Fletcher's questionable. I thought he was trending more towards playing. Um, here's why they do this, and here's what you do. Most defensive linemen, I, I learned this from Randy White and from Ed. You know what they'll do? And I'll just, for instance, I'll take a guy like Lane Johnson. Now Howie has to take some of the blame for this. Great point. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Because we're starting to see some holes in the roster. A little. It's only 60 minutes of football before we go crazy on that. But against a guy like Lane, say you're a Harvey Martin or you're Reggie White or whatever, you'll look at some of the weaknesses or some of the formations and you'll think of the first three pass rushes that you're going to run at this guy. And you're going to practice those all week so that when you get into the game, you've practiced these techniques. Maybe sometimes a guy has a weak inside shoulder and he's susceptible to tilting or leaning and he'll lunge. So what you do is you want to get him in a grab and you want to get him in a grab and pull in a, a, a swimming. You want to swim him or you want to arm rip him or you want to do a cross hand chop spin and you want to get back to the inside. Both tackles working with one another. You practice all that stuff so that you can become comfortable with. I used to do that too. When I, when I played, I would practice my first three pass rush moves, having watched film on a particular guy and what some of the weaknesses and what some of the other players had success on him. So what you would do is if you'd see a guy who had wide splits, I might want to cheat line up in that middle split, hit the gap, tell my linebacker, look out, I'm hitting the gap. And you hit that gap because it's a, if you watch my highlight reel, watch how many times I hit the gap. Because if a guy takes a split on me, he ain't blocking me. He's not blocking me. Watch my highlight reel. If you took a big split on me, I'm getting to your inside shoulder. You're not stopping me. I was quicker than everything. I, you just couldn't. You were not stopping me. Shit, if the other guy next to me, you clearly were not stopping Jerome Brown. Yeah, I mean, you took big splits on us. You had big problems. So you kind of practice that a little bit there. Um, I like that question. How much of the blame do you look at? Wait, wait a minute. I don't know you could blame Howie yet. I think this is too early. 
I think this is too early. However, to go with Tone's point, he did not construct that defense good enough. He assumed the Kobe Dean was going to be available and a player. That's yet to rear its head whether he is or he isn't. I'll concede that. But I, I told you, I don't think he's going to be healthy enough. I didn't remember what I told you. I don't think he makes the season. He's surely not playing all 17 games. Well, that played out in the first game. He's not playing all 17. And by the way, there's no rooting against the kid. So my take can be right here. I want you people to always understand one thing. When I say something like that against N'Kobe Dean, I swear to God, I pray to God he proves me wrong. I, I, I root for players to have success. I want, I'm not rooting against him, but there's a reason why people had concerns, health issues over N'Kobe Dean and why he went in the third round. When I do think he played really well at Georgia, but there was health concerns with him and durability concerns. And they played out that way in Philly so far. Dude, he's been more injured than he's been on the field in a meaningful role. That's not an opinion. That's not an opinion. And again, I'm not, I'm not root. Hey, people who have opinions and you're trying to drive a point home, that's that guy Bayless still talking about LeBron James 25 years after the guy's been in the league with four titles. Right, you got to put that thing to rest. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what you say, man. Well, he doesn't have as many titles as Jordan. Well, Jordan doesn't have as many titles as Bill Russell. And that doesn't seem to waver that debate. Isn't that crazy? The Jordan conversation about how, how Skip Bayless handles LeBron, he makes it sound like Michael Jordan has won the most championships in NBA history. Shit, Russell's almost doubled them. And he doesn't get conversations. Well, you know, Russell's got what, 11? I mean, the conversation, oh, I see, it doesn't apply to Bill, but it applies to Jordan. It's selective takes and how you look at things. Okay? It's totally, by the way, Angelo Cataldi will join us in a couple minutes here. So, that's a good point on Howie, though. Boy, I tell you, I didn't think the team, I, I thought he had stopped some of the bleeding. Now, again, I have to do what you guys and even Tone said. Dude, it's Belichick. It's week one. Um, All of that, I agree. I agree, but you have it. In, you have a superior roster to that thing. Okay, you have a superior roster. You're skilled guys. Hey, were you more? Get this. Were you more disappointed in Jalen Hurts, or were you more disappointed that AJ and Devontae and Goddard couldn't be more of a force in that game against New England? I mean, we all said this about the defense. Hey, this thing's going to take eight weeks. You guys didn't want to hear it. So I wasn't really all that 
surprised by the defense because I thought that thing would be a little bit slower coming along. But when 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 you see the offense kind of get out, okay, starts with the quarterback. Hurts didn't perform up to what I expected. Yeah, how many quarterbacks really have great games against Bill Belichick, though? And that's not an excuse. He's got a history of it. And get this, and your coaches didn't help Jalen. It just seemed all over the joint. Play calling was anemic. The play was anemic. The whole thing on offense. Now, again, I'm going to back this thing up and go like this. Hang in there. Okay? Let's see how this thing looks. Minnesota, hey, I don't know. Jameson, I don't know if that number's changed now because of all the people that aren't going to be playing in this game. But remember what I told you on Monday? Hey, if that's me, I'm taking the seven in Minnesota. Now, I wonder if that number's come down. If it's still hanging around six and a half, the people with the money bags still think that it's at home and that the offense is going to right the ship. I happen to think the offense is going to right the ship too. Because I think, okay, I think the offense, again, I think they completely underachieved. I don't think the defense underachieved. I think the defense is kind of right where I thought it was going to be. Okay? You got to remember something here, man. Belichick is going to do this to a ton of people. He's going to do this to a ton of folks. Um, he did this to Brady a couple years ago when Brady went up there when he was with the Buccaneers. And personally, again, I wasn't shocked that they threw different disguise coverages at him. But the one thing, again, was the coaching. This came down to the coaching issues that we thought and I got to say it again to you, the coordinating in the game with Brian Johnson, Brian has to be more of a situation where they're structuring more situational play callings for Jalen. Dude, the approach of putting Gamewell in the backfield, that didn't make sense when you made the trade, like we said the other day for Swift. It just didn't make sense. So you, you, you've got proper personnel on the field for this thing to work. You know, before I bring Angelo on here, he said something about Sirianni the last time he was on. Like, and I'm going to paraphrase it like a cheerleader here. Let me tell you something, man. When you start talking and you start backing, he did something. You know, Angelo's last week, I listened to the whole thing, was legendary. And, of course, what did, what did Sirianni do? He fell on the sword for Jonathan Gannon, right? He started the same bullshit on Monday by falling on the sword for Brian Johnson. That was an absolutely horrific game plan. You're establishing Kenny Gainwell? He's a tomato can. You got all those dudes out there, and you try to establish a guy who cannot beat you. That becomes a point where you start lying to your fan base. That's lying. 
Brian Johnson was not good in that game. Sean Desai wasn't good. Angelo said that. He goes, this guy falls on the sword for the wrong people. Let's bring the legend in who's got a book coming out this fall. It is an absolute honor to have Angelo. Boy, I'll tell you what, he's like Nostradamus. He just basically said the same thing the last time. He goes, look, my last show, you know, we were supposed to get Sirianni on, but he didn't want to come on because, you know, he fell on the sword for Jonathan Gannon because I was telling people really what it was when he wasn't really who he was. And he did the same thing on Monday again, Angelo. Oh, Dan. Dan, it's a great honor to be on your show. I love coming out with you. You know that. Um, the term he used to describe the performance of his new offensive coordinator was great. <laughs> great. Great. They had five consecutive drives that went three and out and had a net total of two yards. They didn't use their tight end at all, Dallas Goddard. They completely forgot him. They... You're right. The, the, the deployment of the running backs was absurd. The guy goes for it on fourth down at midfield, up five, and hands the Patriots one last possession to beat him. This was horrendous coaching. The defensive coordinator, the new guy, decide not any better. This guy is out there. They get one sack all day. They don't. They don't blitz. They don't go after him. They don't use – they had 70 sacks last year with Gannon there. They got one in the first game. Then they did everything they could possibly do to blow the game. But the Eagles' talent base is strong enough to survive one of the worst coach games you'll ever witness in your lifetime. How about this, Angelo? It, even Tony Romo was pointing this out again. Now, I don't know if it was the construction of – the sequence of plays inside of a series, but Hertz had guys streaking across the backside wide open. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There were like six yeah. or seven wide open guys, and he completely missed these guys because they were predetermined throws, and it looked like the 2021 Jalen Hurts. Were you yeah. disappointed with Hurts? Well, I got, I got a word for that. It's called rust. He didn't play the whole preseason. Hadn't played a game till, since Super Bowl, really. Uh, they think somehow they're going to, by using these, these um, joint practices with other teams, they're going to simulate game. No, it doesn't work. You understand? And afterwards, Sirianni, the one thing he said that was borderline honest was when he went, you know, next year I might take a look at how we deploy our preseason. Because we're not getting, they're so terrified somebody's going to get injured. Well, they get hurt in the first game anyway. Get them out there and get them ready to play football. There's only 17 of these. If you end up a game short at the end, it's because you blew one early. It's so, Dan, you know, it's the weirdest thing. They won the game, right? I don't know anyone. I had my own little watch party with some of the people that used to call my show. Nobody was happy. The, the biggest fans in the city went, looked at that and went, what the hell? Did they learn nothing? 
Did they, what, what are they doing? Are they trying to blow games? It was frustrating. They won, and all we've done all week is bitch. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Philadelphia. <laughs> I, 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 I think, though, Angelo, it was because of the way that we all thought this because we saw it at the beginning. And I, I, I went out there and said, I thought it'd be 27-20, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, uh, Eagles would win the ball game. But I said, the worst thing you could possibly have is this. Them have the ball in a two-minute drive to win a ball game against – I mean, they're the inferior roster. I mean – Totally. Totally. I mean, they made Hunter Henry and Gisek look like all pro tight ends. Totally. It, the, 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 the whole point is that offense has got to do a hell of a lot more against the Patriots' defense than they did. They did nothing. I mean, they take away the pick six. What did they do? They got four field goals and, and one TD on a short field, 25 yards. That's all they did the whole game. And then to have the coach come out and praise the coordinator – why doesn't he just look in the eyes of the Philadelphia sports fan and say, stay tuned all year. All I'm going to do is lie to you. I'm going to lie to you every damn day to protect the people in my organization. That doesn't fly here. That Dan, you want to piss off the people in Philadelphia? Keep looking in their eyes and lying to them. See how long that works. Absolutely. How do you feel about going into tomorrow's game with Christian Ellis, Zach Cunningham, and Nicholas Morrow as your linebackers versus TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, and Justin Jefferson? Uh, I'm going to assume we're going to have a little bit of a shootout tomorrow night. I'm going to assume that the Eagles are scoring their offense. I, I, uh, the uh, Vikings' defense is nothing. nothing. Uh, they should – this should be a track meet. There should be a lot of running back up and down the field. And um, what I would like to see as an Eagles fan is enough pressure uh, on Cousins so that he does what he did in the first game and turns it over, just keeps giving it to you. Because he'll do that. You know, but you got to get in his face. And you're not going to get in his face with one sack. you got to get – they got these Georgia kids now, Dan. These kids are manhandling people in the middle of the line. And they're still not getting to the quarterback. They never blitz. Oh, my God, I don't want to do that. And, uh, frankly, Reddick and, uh, and Sweat and those guys had an off game. They got to they gotta terrorize the other quarterback. They got to scare him. They got to flush him out of the pocket. And they got to force him into mistakes. And if they do that, the Eagles are still, again, the better roster. They should win the game. Their home, home opener would be a very excited crowd. They should win the game. If they don't. Don't ever have to look any further with this organization than at the sideline and the head coach and the two coordinators because those guys right now, they announced to the world last Sunday, we actually may not know what the hell we're doing. That's what you saw. Angelo, I'm going to – you know, I'll tell you the things that aggravate me the most are stupid penalties. And here's what I saw to your point right now. How in the world don't you have your special teams coordinated to a point where you have to burn timeouts to get personnel? <laughs> Angel, that takes no ability or talent to know where to line up. It takes no ability. You have one job. I'm on punt return, kickoff return, or punt coverage. That's my job. You're calling timeouts because you can't get the proper personnel. That's sideline organization. That's co 
That crap doesn't happen on a New England Patriots sideline or any good coach sideline. 100%. And, and I'm glad you brought it up, Dan, because sometimes we forget special teams, much like the Eagles organization does. Um, the guy's name is Michael Clay, and he has had these special teams for three years on the Sirianni, and they have sucked the first two years and the first game of the third year. Couldn't even get personnel on the field. Uh, still carrying a punter who is ranked 33rd out of 30 out of 34, something like that. They, uh, I don't know if they don't prioritize it or if somehow this ability Sirianni has to cover for his top assistants extends to the point where he'll keep one on who has not demonstrated a competence to handle the job. It isn't like the first two years under Sirianni, Clay's special teams have been even good. They've been lower half all, all three years, including the first game of this season. And he just stays with them. And then you want to ask him, uh, what did you think of the special teams? You know, they're coming along. I saw a lot of potential there. I, I know if you saw that play in the second quarter where the guy came out of nowhere, oh my God, we'll see a lot more of that in the days to come. You know, it's just, it's frustrating to me because then when I wrote this book, I wrote it about a fan base that can tell the difference between BS and just simple facts, honesty. And how does a guy in his third year as a head coach, Nick Sirianni, still not understand the value of being somewhat honest to the fans? It's outrageous. I will tell you, folks, the book's coming out in the fall, too. So we're all wow. It's called Loud Like Me, and it's on Amazon right now. You can pre-order. Man, the one thing I totally love. going to make a big splash, Danny. I totally love the one thing I love even more so than ever about Philly is all the paisans that are on the air. I mean, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, it's like, it, it, hey, you wanna you wanna know where if you're Italian, where you could go to work and you wanna be on the air and you're a paisan? There's only one city on the planet. That's Philadelphia because, I mean, it's 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 like the Italian broadcasting mafia, man. We all we're all sitting there in Philly. There, let me let me let me throw this at you here too. Maybe that tells us a little more about the control that Nick doesn't have because is he covering for Howie in the front office on why a guy like Michael Clay, because you and me can see it. Anyone in their right mind. And if that was Andy Reed, Reed's blowing that guy out. He's not keeping that guy around. Doesn't this tell you more about the lack of control that he has over his own roster? You know, I've spent a ton of time, way too much thinking about that question, Dan is I try to put myself in uh, Howie Roseman's shoes. And it's, it's just hard for me to accept the fact that Roseman watches this stuff, endorses it, maybe forces it to happen when he has put together a terrific roster. If you have made all these moves, I, I the last three drafts have been fantastic. The maneuvers, getting A.J. Brown here, all the moves that he made. Would you then want to sit there on Sunday and watch Dallas Goddard get no targets or one target in the whole game? Wouldn't you? I mean, why would you enable something when you know you've created a roster that's worthy of a Super Bowl? You, you got there last year, all right? And now you're going to enable the failure of it by endorsing people who are making decisions. No, I don't. I, I want to buy it because I've always believed that the Eagles organization likes their coaches to say yes whenever they're asked the question, you know? Yeah. But um, if I'm Howie Roseman, I put that roster together, I want a coaching staff that's going to get the most out of it. And they didn't do that Sunday. 
And I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it this year. I honestly don't. And they, when you replace Jonathan Gannon, public enemy number one in Philadelphia for blowing a Super Bowl, and the guy that follows him doesn't look better right from the beginning, I, for me, alarms go off. You go, wow, what is this guy doing? Come on. Look at the talent on that side of the ball. Use it. Get aggressive. Make some plays. Do you think that Gainwell no. decision to start him and establish him was no. a coaching decision or a collective group decision to try to establish him? Because, I mean, like you said, Angelo, that guy's not going to win you ball games. Well, Look at the guys you have. You have A.J., Devontae, Goddard, Jalen. I mean – I, I, I'm not privy to the inner workings of the organization, Dan, but I think it was a coaching decision because in the latter stages of last season, Sirianni fell in love with Gainwell. Started using more and more and more. Do you used like him? A ton in the Super Bowl. A ton. Do and you like him? With him? I don't know why. I don't I don't see it, right? I don't either. I don't see it. Uh, but, but then they did bring in other guys. They did bring in Swift. They brought in Penny. They brought in other guys. They even activate Penny for the game. Um, the other thing is they know they have a secret weapon. It's not really that much of a secret, but when you're inside the red zone, if you want to look at some numbers, Dan, Boston Scott, he's tiny. He gets behind these big linemen. They can't see him. His numbers inside the red zone are mind-boggling. He is sensational. I don't think they use him that way the whole game Sunday. I don't – I somebody – there was a disconnect when they lost the two coordinators with the coach and whoever was replacing them because those two guys came out and they flopped. And if they flop Thursday night and the Eagles lose the game, then we'll start to see panic in the streets. See, I think – the offense was more rust, and the defense is personnel. Okay. And I went back and watched the 22. And, well, it, it, because of this, I mean, the, 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 the linebackers couldn't cover a soul. The secondary had issues again with crossing routes, and they just couldn't co- – they made Gisick and Hunter Henry look like they were superstar yeah. players, and they targeted – Hey, Nicobe Dean had a couple good fits before he got hurt. I said he wouldn't make the season. I didn't know he'd only make he wouldn't even finish the first game, but he was turned around six or seven times. I'm like, mm-hmm. they struggled with that group. And to me, it just looked I say this to you, Angel. If you ever gone to a really great team and you watch them practice, they practice game tempo. And to what you said, when you're in a football game and you you were in a not the controlled scrimmages, but in a actual game. You're practicing game tempo. It just looked to me that they were out of sorts after the first series because game tempo caught up with them. Well, Dan, that that is, I'm pretty sure, organizational. That This Eagles organization has devalued the linebacker position for a long time. They've never used top picks on it. They often take journeymen. They did take a shot with Dean, and uh, Dean hasn't looked great yet, and he's hurt again. He gets hurt a lot. Um, yeah, they're going to be vulnerable in the middle a lot with that until the organization as a whole says, we got to have the same attitude at linebacker that we do for defensive line. Because at the line, they first-round picks everywhere. Carter was spectacular. A ton of money, right? 
And linebacker, they kind of shrug and go, it's not as big a deal. I think it's a big deal. And I think you saw some of that on Sunday because the Patriots exploited that wide open in the middle, damn wide open. I mean, what do you, this happened a lot last year and they didn't fix it. That is a personnel issue. And I think that's an organizational philosophy and it's going to burn them. You know, what's funny, Angela, the money positions and, you know, obviously, you know, heart and soul, you've been watching this thing here for so many decades here. But to me, for three years now, I look at the safety position, linebacker position, and the running back position. They devalue the money on it, and that's where they kind of save their money on their cap. Yeah. And it just shows me now that those are all positions that Belichick kind of exposed on Sunday. Yeah. The yeah. running back position, the linebackers, and even the safety position. And if you think about your corners, they really haven't drafted corners. They th Those guys were all bought. Yeah, they, they were they, all uh, free agents or trades. Right. Your edge rusher, Hassan Reddick, um, was somebody that you had to go out and purchase off the street. He's yeah. a great find. I think Howie's better on personnel decisions when it comes to pro personnel. I love to kick Carter. I thought he was yeah. sensational in the game. He's good. That the, the big kids from Georgia, uh, those big boys are good in the middle of the line. That, Jordan played good. good. Yeah. The, those guys can play. All right. I even, there was even a sequence. It was like he rose from the dead. Fletcher Cox made a couple of plays in, in a in row. consecutive. <laughs> which, which normally after one play, he needs oxygen for at least <laughs> 10 minutes, you know. He came back out and made another one. But, um, yeah, it's how he has some blind spots. But you you look at the whole roster, right? I get, right. I'm with you. Weaknesses. And you do say to yourself, that's a playoff team. Yep. That's an NFC East champion, and that's a team with a shot. And you know what? If you're a fan, you got to say to yourself, "Well, then the GM did his job. He got him. He got him enough talent to do it. Now let's see how the coaches figure out how best to deploy it, because they didn't do that on Sunday, and they're under the gun with just four days till the next game. It's going to be fascinating. That's why I love football. Every week, Dan, there's another chapter in the book, and it's always exciting. I love football. I can't. This is so great that we got football back. I I, I, I thought of you the whole time on Sunday ago. Ah. I, I I wish Ange, Angelo was on, man. I want to I want to know what he said here, and I can't wait for your book this fall coming up here. Two last questions for you, Angelo. Here goes back to your coaching here with the librarian. Um, I mean, I call him a librarian now because to me, I mean, I I don't know. He's either the librarian or he's a CPA. But here's what I'm hearing on Tuesday, um, and this is Nick. Um, we want to get DeAndre Swift more touches. Well, guess what, dude? I want you to have an in-game adjustment on Sunday. I don't want to hear it on Tuesday. Right. And then the other guy, Brian Johnson, we have to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. Dude, you guys have to do this stuff on Sunday, not tell us on Tuesday. Dan, during the game, I had a watch party. It was the first time I did, you know, I wasn't going on the air the next day. So I brought in Eagle Shirley, Austin Arnie, some of my best callers from all the years we did the show, right? In the third quarter, right, I have a vein in the middle, middle of my head. It was getting big, and I was going, throw the ball to Goddard. Throw the ball. Now, if you know me at all, I'm as dumb as a stump, right? If I... In early in the third quarter, realize that I have not seen Dallas Goddard. 
it didn't occur to them. They never called. They called this number once on a throw near the sideline that went out of bounds. That was it. In 60 minutes of football, where you were struggling offensively, five, three and outs in a row. You never thought to go to a guy who is your third down guy? How did that? You're right. And then they afterwards, they yeah, we got to do this. We got to do didn't you have a game plan? <laughs> what did you do all those weeks leading up to the opener? Did you have a, a Monopoly tournament in the locker room? What were you doing that you didn't incorporate all the weapons into the game plan? I don't, I don't have an answer for you, but you're 100% right. Okay, here, before before I get to the last question here, these guys who you have that come in from your show and who have been listeners, they better bring Pasa and they better bring all the stuff in there because, I mean, you better don't ever walk into an Italian's house without yeah. having food in your hand, raviolis, yeah. uh, bacala, whatever. You better have something in your hand there when you're rolling in. They had the vino. They brought the vino, these people. They drank a lot. <laughs> I provided the food. We got the gravy going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you concerned? Final question for you. Are you concerned – Going into this game, you already said you think it's going to be like a high-scoring game. I do, too. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty back-and-forth football game. Um, Cousins, again, I'm with you, 8-10, and 10, whatever that means when he's after 430. So, I mean, there's got to be something to that there. I don't know. I mean, but still, I'm kind of concerned with all the injuries. Yeah, they're, they're already. Uh, it didn't take long. They all, They're protecting all the health these guys. First game, they lose a corner. Uh, Bradbury, they, they lose um, Nicobe Dean. Uh, he's on the IR for at least a month. Um, I just, I have to believe, I have so much faith in this city and the fans and a home opener and the atmosphere on a primetime game. Um, and and uh, Cousins is awful on primetime football. So I expect that the Eagles will score three touchdowns and Cousins will give them another 10 points. And that'll get them to, into the 30s and they'll win that game. I, I would be surprised if they didn't win the game. But I do know the fan base. And the fan base, if they lose this game after the poor performance in the first one, that would be grounds for panic. And there will be panic here. And then uh, we only have 15 to go. (laughs) In Philadelphia, we don't need that much to get set off. But this game is a big game in the minds of the fans already here in Philadelphia. Please, let me, can I, I've got to sneak one last one in here. So I want to get your thoughts on Joel Embiid at the kickoff of (laughs) the Washington Commanders home game. And there's Josh Harris with him. It's a division rival. Right. And you're asking the city of Philly to build you an arena downtown. And you've got the reigning MVP from maybe I'm nitpicking here, Angelo. But, man, so you take a a civic pride team like the Sixers. You bring that dude up Mm. to Washington Mm. and you have a home opener and you're taking pictures with Joel Embiid and you're there with Matt. I I don't know, man. I mean, It looks like carpetbagger stuff to me, man. Um, just... It's accurate. That's exactly what Joshua Harris is. And um, Embiid. Well, here's the other thing. If you're a Commander fan, right? Oh, wow. Look at the owner and Embiid. What did those <laughs> guys ever win? <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't win anything in Philadelphia. They haven't even made it to a, a conference championship yet. They haven't even get to the third round of the playoffs. Harris, he's got the Devils. They ain't doing squat. 
The uh, Sixers, they keep disappointing. Oh, let's bring them out for the commanders. Here are the losers who currently represent our organization. And Embiid will do. He loves Harris. He does love Harris. And I guess if he somebody, loves Philly, right? Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, you know, I he did it as a favor for Harris. I'm sure. Does Embiid love Philly? Mm, he likes Harris more than Philly, but um, huh. I think he's at his wits' end here. I think the way this plays out with uh, uh, you know, James Harden and whether or not they find a place to get get rid of him, they got a they got a mess with that team. And you're right about this this Chinatown arena that they're still trying to force into the city um not a lot of people want it very few people want it Dan because we've got the best sports complex in in America and that all four of us I love that thing and that right where the stadium is let's jam it into the small streets of downtown Philadelphia dumb idea to begin with and uh all I can say is uh, Embiid did what his boss told him to do, but it didn't do anybody any favors. I'm pretty sure of that. Tell the folks they can get the book now before it's actually in stores right. and where There's they can go. Ways. All right. One is if you go on Amazon, you can pre-order it. It's called Loud. Uh, just do Loud and Angelo Catali, you get it. I also have a website now, AngeloCatali.com, where if you want a personalized copy, you can order one there, and I'll write whatever you want, even like swear words. You know, as long as you're buying, <laughs> as long as you're buying a book, right? I'll even sell, send you a meatball for my latest batch. How's that sound, man? <laughs> uh, as long as the meatball's got bread in it, it's got yeah. egg in it, it's got like you know, don't the the truth. See, my 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 wife, you know, she's not really Italian. My grandmother would say that to you, so. You know, her mother tried to give me a meatball. I'm like, that's a that's an American no. meatball. That's not really no, a meatball. No. Okay, an Italian meatball is day old bread, an egg, Parmesan cheese. You put it all in there and you fry them up. Then you drop them in the no, in the gravy, in the sauce, and you're ready to rock and roll. There, the beef, Angelo, the pork and the veal. You got to have all three oh. of them in there with the locatelli cheese. Oh, now <laughs> you got a party. Hey, do you miss the mic? What? Um, not that much. Although the one show I love coming on is Dan Saleos. I don't know if you know about it. It's fun. Anytime you ask, Dan, I love talking to you. You really I know. I got almighty, man. That's such an honor to have you, man, part of us. And um, you, you know what I think of you. I think you're one of the godfathers of radio. And thank you so much for doing this, Angelo. Can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you, my friend. Sounds good, Dan. Be well. Thanks. You got Take it. Care. Great. Angelo Cataldi, man. I just absolutely love that, man. Very good stuff. I got to take a quick time out, but before I do that, do me a favor. Hooters, folks, this is going to be an absolutely great time when we get to King of Prussia. Seven locations also in the Northeast area. Might on. We're going to love this here when we do this. It's the 40th anniversary, the iconic Hooter girls. Look, if you don't want to go into any one of the places, you can go to Hooters2Go.com, get the food, take it back home. Go into some of the places in there, though, dude, and you have to try some of the specials. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays. 1983, that's the year the uh, wing that's, – that's the year that Hooters was founded is 1983 by Ed Drotsky and uh, Passwater and Denise and all those great folks. That's the year they found the place. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest to you. And when you roll into Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. You guys think this guy Sirianni's a good coach? He's not. I'm sorry. He he's not. He's not. He's not a good coach. Uh, he's he's not. He's just not. I mean, who? Hey, who establishes the least guy in the huddle? Who establishes that? Who establishes that? Okay. Cody Sirianni's being honest. No, he's not. He's a liar. Brian Johnson called the fabulous game. Come on, man. When are you going to stop being bullshitted to? I mean, see, he lied to you. Hey, you accused me of lying to you. And saying I say shit to you. He bullface lied to you on a press conference on Monday. But this is the only show that's going to call him out on it. Because the rest of them are media cheerleaders also. Because they like the team meal at the link. They like the Novacare cafeteria. Mean man Sills back in. What are you talking? To? He calls me mean for calling a guy a liar who lied to you. That's what Loki just did. He called, he dumped on me for a guy lying to you.
Loki, Nick Sirianni lied to you. Or, or wait a minute, maybe you, hey, hold on, hold on. Maybe you actually did think he called a good game. Remember you No. Trust in Nick. Look at Loki, man. He'll die on that sword too, man. You'll die on the sword for a guy who bullshits you. Nick Sirianni's not an eagle. He's a caretaker of the Eagles. Always remember that. The players and the fans are Eagles. Because they're there every day come hell or high water. Who's ever playing, you're in the stands. Supporting your Civic Pride team. Always remember that. The players and the fan base. Those are Eagles. Will always be. No matter what city you're in, the rest of these guys, you th- like that's like telling me Urban Meyer's a Gator. Urban Meyer could give a shit if he's coaching Florida or Ohio State or Utah. Urban Meyer's in Urban Meyer's best interest. Coaches lie every day. Players can't. Sills, ask these Nick fans to name one thing or play that he's made a difference in a game. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what he did. He gave up the play calling. That completely made a difference in the entire organization. Once he stopped calling plays, they got better. That helped them. Right? Other than that, it's just been cheerleading and sound bites. I have not seen one thing significant. Dude, everyone's like, well, the players rally around him. No, the players rally around winning. They rally around winning. No matter what that face is. They rally around winning. Nick beat Bill. Congratulations to you, man. Bill's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as the greatest football coach in the history of the NFL. You know where Nick's going? To Palookaville. Palookaville. He's not a good coach. By the way, I think that guy Brian Dable in New York. I don't know. Is he the next Wade Phillips? <laughs> You're such a good coach in the opener. You get destroyed by Dak. Who didn't even play? I don't even, did he play? Did he throw out 28 yards or some shit? <laughs> so why do you, why, hey, Chris, Chris, Chris says the greatest things. Chris, Sills, why do you read the dumbest comments? Because they're energy. I love, because I'll tell you why, Chris. People who tell me that um, good things all the time, that's not your city. Nobody throws and blows kisses and sunshine at anybody. Yeah, it's not a city where you go like this. Man, I really love you. You're fantastic. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I feel more uncomfortable with that than someone going, you suck. You see, this is what sports talk is. 
Angelo, Angelo's not on the air any longer because Angelo's old. Angelo's not on the air anymore because they won't let him be Angelo. Same thing with Anthony Gargano. Same thing with Mike Wissanelli. Even Howard. These guys can't do shows anymore. Because you got bookworms running radio stations. Can't say that. You know, we have a relationship with the Eagles, and that's not really good because we got we got a you got a relationship with the fans. The fans are the ones that go into those places, buy food. The organizations have nothing to do with it. I don't need Lane Johnson on my show to have the highest watch show in Philly. I need you. People forget that. It's more about you than him. I used to tell the people in Tampa that all the time. Okay? I don't need Buccaneers on my show. That's why I did 10 shares. <laughs> you think I need to put people from organizations on my show? Not me, man. Shit, I go three hours and I'll take a break if I had to. Not to deal with me like that. I am a content generator. Always will be. Always have been. Until people stop telling, start telling me to stop doing my show. Like they did in San Diego. I can't do that show. Well, then why'd you hire me? Hired me for 300 grand to not do my show. I'll do one of the marshmallow shows you have now in Philly. Everybody has to break. Thank you, Maniac. Maniac, I tell you what, I can't wait to meet you, dog. Keith. That's nice. 29th, Big Sills is going to be in the area. 30th, I'm going to be um, at the King of Prussia Hooters. Okay? Guys all have to come up, man. We'll sit around and BS and have a great time. And then you guys get, hey, you know what I know you guys, hey, I don't know. Maybe Big Joe and Xander have to figure this out because God forbid if this ever happens. Hey, Tone. If this shit ever happened, oy, is one, one day they're going to make it so that you guys could talk back to me. Oh, mud on. This thing, will, I mean, it have to be one at a time because I, I could not do. Hey, you know what we need to do, Tone? We need to do the fan of the week and have one of these guys like Quan, JM, who else? 85 could be in there where we, we have to do what, what a fan of the week. We could do it every Friday. We have to do, would you guys be up for someone representing you to come on the program and have the fan of the week better be good. Cause you'll never come on again. Ask some people who have been on this program I forgot your name. <laughs> and guess what they do? They try to get my attention on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. Hey, man, once, once I forget your name, it's over. 
I could care less what you're saying, who you are. <laughs> Would you guys be up for that? Philly 500, I love them. Okay? Twiz, honorable, damn, I don't even get honorable mention. Easy, Twiz. Easy. You're in there. You're in there. Sills, got to come up to North Ontario moose hunting. Greasy, man. I love Canada. I do. <laughs> JH1, you know I'm an asshole. At least I'm on assuming. Dude, I love you. You kidding me? You're kidding me, man. I love it. What are you, crazy? Do it? How about this? We're Me and, me and Tone will have a conversation about doing Fan of the Week on Friday. And we have to figure out a time. Okay? Fan of the Week. I'm liking it. Because you guys don't have voices. So we got to make it kind of... Ma- okay, we'll do Fan of the Week. Somewhere on Friday, we'll, we'll come up with that. And you can... And by the way, if you suck, you'll never come on again. Okay? Steve H., I was at the Hooters and King of Prussia the other day. Way to go, Steve H. Let me take a timeout, man. We're early, we already swept the top of the hour. Let's take a timeout. Power hour coming up. We'll reset everything. Guys, you guys have been spectacular today. Thank you. Spectacular. Angelo was great. By the way, Anthony Gargano is working on coming on the program. I think Mark Farzetta's on too on Friday with us with um with the Philly Godfather, too. So it's like a Python week here, man. Pasta Fazul for everybody. Power hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement 
But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go. Oh, Mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Relax, it's water. <laughs> Big Sills Power Hour, number three. Woo, baby, we're starting to get close to game day on Thursday. How are you feeling? Confident? Comfortable? Christian Ellis? Nicholas Morrow? Who's the other, Steph? Who's the other guy? Zach Cunningham. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Man. Woohoo! <laughs> skull. Look at Shooter. Shooter's like Skull, baby. You taking the seven? Has any has anyone taken the seven yet? That number's got to be dropping down a little bit. How you doing? Thirty-four, twenty-four birds. Thirty-one, seventeen. Wow, you think you got to get? Wait, you couldn't hold the New England Patriots to twenty points or under. Okay, they score twenty on you, and you think you're going to hold the Vikings to seventeen? Shooter goes, I have fifty on to seven. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> you man. Continue to keep it real, Sills. Thank you, Chris. It's all a lot. Hey, Chris, remember this. This is not politics. It's fun. It's sports talk. At the end of the day, you know, we all have pom-poms and banners. Okay? Nobody gets killed here. This is sports talk. You know, the heroes are on Twitter. So the old fight ever saw you. If you ever saw me, you'd run. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. <laughs> nah, okay? Don't kid yourself, man. <laughs> I'm not that maniac any longer. Any, I, I'm more of a pacifist now. You know, I'm a little bit more, you know, settled because I have a family. So I'm more of a pacifist. You know, I'm more of an intellectual. <laughs> oh, man, I can't. I, I can't do what Sirianni does. I can't bullshit you and lie to you. I can't pretend. You know, here, here, 
Brian, I'll try. Let me see if I can do what Nick did to you guys on Monday. Wait a minute. Got to give me a break here. Brian Johnson called a spectacular football game on Sunday. Damn, I'll try it again. Nick Sirianni talking to the media. Hey, Brian Johnson called a spectacular game on Sunday against the Patriots. <laughs> Sorry, my I got a I got a twitch thing here. I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm a, I have a small case of epilepsy here. I, I, hey. I mean, I can't I can't lie to you like that. Actually, I do have fanning spells at times. Just be so if anyone says anything, I do actually. Um but we do realize one thing. Let's reset this whole thing here. Professor, I love see, Professor, it's one thing to sit here and shit on something for two days and not have an answer. That's a great take right there. Okay. Seals, can you speak on what we can do schematically to mitigate the deficiencies at linebacker? Your D-line has more pressure on it now. Okay. You, you, you have to get more pressure with your front four. What really changed on how people started looking at the Eagle defense last year is when Reddick started getting going. Okay? He started getting going, right? He started getting home. Tone's great statistics, two that I love. Number one in cause fumbles, number one in third down sacks. He was getting you. Hassan Reddick was theoretically getting you off the field. Okay, he was getting you off the field. So, and hey, would we not agree? How many times did um how many times did Mac Jones throw the ball? 54 times? Shit, man. You you could possibly see Kirk Cousins throw that ball 65 times. Dude, he's thrown the ball over 600 times in certain years. He's gonna put that football up in the air. Look, the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night are not going to sit around and try to ground it out with you. They're not going on 14-play drives. They were a quick strike team. They want to they act they're actually set up for three and outs, okay? They're set up for three and outs. So what? They have three and outs. They have two of them. They could quick score it just like that with Addison or Hawkinson and Jefferson. They don't care they care about plays. You see, this, this is almost kind of like Chip Kelly shit. He wants to get as many plays as he possibly can because he's playing the averages against your defense because your defense is not very good. Steve goes slay another six, maybe. There's going to be opportunity for it. Okay, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be another opportunity for it. Okay, Chris Slay owns Jefferson. I wouldn't say one outing is owning anybody. 
I would say it's a super superstar to matching up against someone. Owning someone is Dak owning the Eagles. That's owning someone. Okay? When you've played 11 games and you've won eight of them, that's owning. When you've matched up one time against them, that's not owning. Dak owns you. The num- the, how about this? Not the numbers. They do, but the wins. The wins say it. Get this. Eagle fan has no response to that because it's fact. You could throw all the stats out. Let's not use stats. Let's just use wins and losses. He owns you. Dak owns the Giants. He's 11-0 versus them in a row. He got 11 straight wins. 31-7 is owning someone. How many Super Bowls do you have versus the Niners? You might want to check your um, Lombardi trophy case compared to those guys and how many NFC titles you have compared to them guys. You might just want to keep – I wouldn't say anybody owns the Niner franchise, Okay. The 49ers are one of the most historically successful franchises in NFL history. Be careful there, too. Okay, for a team that's got one Super Bowl ring, telling me that you own the Niners, that's not true. Okay? Niners have five of them things. Five. (laughs) Numerous NFC championship trophies, too. I think they got five. I think they got seven NFC titles. Um, to boot, was it five NFC titles, Kaepernick and um, Garoppolo? So that's they got seven NFC championships in five Super Bowls, and they're five and two in Super Bowls. I don't know. I don't know. That counts, Maxton. That counts. NFL championships count. It does. That does. I guess you put your money on Purdy. I would say this to you, Philip. Michael Parsons is saying he's one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He looked awful elite against the Steeler defense. And T.J. Watt had a T.J. Watt game. He was good. And he destroyed that defense. He destroyed that Pittsburgh-led Mike Tomlin defense. It destroyed it. Brandon Ayuk doesn't look the same with him throwing him the ball. And if that dude plays like that all year long, Niners will be very difficult to beat. That will be a – so look at this. Um. Again, yeah. If he plays like that, 49ers are going to be very difficult to beat. They will. Okay. Dosa goes, they haven't won shit in this era. Yeah. Under Jeffrey Lurie, you've got one Super Bowl in 30 years. You can dissect that success if you want to. Um, let's see. Let's do this here. Let me get again and reset here again. On the eve of the game, 
you, you're at a personnel. Hey, real quick before what we brought up with Angelo, Nick Sirianni, who do you think made the call to play Gainwell? Howie, Brian, or Nick? Who do you blame for trying to establish that dude? Who do you blame for that? That's not a Hurts thing. Jalen has nothing to do with that. You know why? Because that was predetermined in the scripted plays right out of the gate to start the game. Whose decision was that? So wait a minute. Kyle says, so let me ask you this. So when you were putting that game plan together and you scripted those first 22 plays out and you've got Nick, I'm going to assume how he's not in the room. I'm just going to assume he's not in the room. So you have Nick, Brian Johnson, probably Jalen. The three of you together didn't, nobody said this. Um, Why aren't we us trying to establish DeAndre Swift? What was the debate that made that where it swung towards Gainwell and that decision-making when it came to your personnel grouping? Escape from prison murder near Philly PA caught this morning after 14 days on the run. With an eagle shirt on. That's okay. Hey, hey, maniac! How many times do you turn on cops and you see a guy in handcuffs with a cane shirt on? I, I, I wouldn't get too twisted on that. Okay, I wouldn't get too. How many times you turn cops on and you see a guy wearing a hurricane shirt? I'm glad they beat that guy up too, man. He looked good all beat up, didn't he? Guys murdered two people. I think he killed one chick like in front of his kid or something. I'm glad they beat the shit out of him. We're the only team to beat Lombardi and and Chip. True. Good one, Wayne. That's right, the 60 title. Lombardi got beat. His only playoff loss as a head coach at the Green Bay Packers. It's absolutely a gr- Hey, so wait a minute now. It's pretty good. You beat Lombardi and Belichick and champion in your last two championships. Yeah, wait a minute here. I got to rethink that. Hang on there, wait. You, so you beat, you beat Lombardi and you beat Belichick in your last two championships. It's not like you're beating Don Coriel or anything here. I, I Yeah, all right. All right. Um, Whose decision was that to establish Jalen's? Sirianni's or Brian Johnson's? You have three guys putting a game plan together. And you thought it was is in the best interest to get Gainwell going. Why? What did he show? So Angelo said that, you know, they've fallen in love with Kenneth Gainwell. Why? 
What has he shown you that makes you go, let me not establish Goddard or the new guy we got. I, I just starting gay role resulted up, up 16, nothing. Yeah. Then after that, he was dog shit. <laughs> after that, he was nothing. Zero, no impact, nothing. You established the least dude in your huddle. Got us up 16, nothing. Well, there's 60 minutes in a football game, my friend, Scott, you know, we don't play 10 minutes of football. We play 60, six, zero. We don't play 10. You allowed the team with the least talent on it in the AFC to come back on you and have the ball in their hands with two minutes left to win the game and a toe tap saved the game. Guy couldn't get his toes down. Or they continue to drive and have four shots at the end zone with 25 seconds left. I don't know. I would have liked my odds. That guy gets that other foot down. You have throw four, you have four throws from the 25 going in. And the way you covered, you were not stopping them. You were not. You couldn't cover anybody. Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones threw for 300 plus yards on you. You're not even in, you haven't even started with the good quarterbacks yet. Mm. How you doing? People saying Gainwell's good. He barely carried the ball last season. He was rested for the playoffs. It's the only reason he... And he, he's not poor. Dream's right. Your coaching's so suspect. The last two years... This, this is what happens when you... Here. This is what happens... When you have a guy in the front office and Howie Roseman that has the complete autonomy over your team. Because Howie builds the team, gets the coaches. But the one thing he can't do is tell the coaches what to do. I don't think he does. Okay? I don't think he does. I think he has to rely on those guys to make the right calls. And that's why that game well thing and the predictability of your offense in game one looked the way it did. It became predictable. All those drag routes coming from the backside when Jalen was frontside, you saw those guys all wide open behind him. Why? Because they were predetermining where to go with the ball. Now, I'll say this to you. Maybe that was designed by Brian Johnson. Maybe that's how Brian Johnson sees how RPOs to be run. You see the difference? I'll give, you know what? I'll go back to John McMullen because John's been a big proponent of Shane Steichen. You know, the one thing that I will have to say, let's put this out there. Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson are running the same playbook that they had a year ago but it looked completely different. And by the way, the Detroit game looked completely different. That wasn't rust. Shit, Jalen threw for a ton of, they, they, they had a ton of offense in that game. Didn't they put up 38 points in that game? They put up 38 points, didn't they? I mean, AJ went like nuts in that game. I think that's the game that Devontae didn't have a catch. 
right? I thought there were 38 points put up in that thing, right? This year, what's so you're telling me this year, what's the difference? Well, the play caller. The play caller is different. Okay? So, look, here's, here's once again, if you're the Vikings tonight, and I like that play caller that's up there. I like him. If you're the Vikings offense and you're Cousins, you're immediately going to try to get Hawkinson going because there's not a chance in hell. And by the way, you know what you do? You get Addison and Jefferson. You clean out the zone because Job versus Addison, that's not going to cut it. Sorry. We'll see. Addison is a rookie. He's a pretty good time. No, it's second year, right? Is this second year or is or did they take him this year from USC? I forget. I forget. I think I think this is his first year. So you got Addison on Job. I'll take Addison in that matchup. We'll see what Slay does this time. He had a great game against them last year. You don't have a guy coming across the middle. And that K.J. Osborne guy, he can play. He's a friend of mine. Okay? He, he, he's, he's a friend of mine. I know him very well. And he can play. Kelly Green, let's have checked 1-0. and Hey, Hoss, this isn't about winning battles. See what, see what Kelly Green goes? Hoss, you won a battle. You haven't won the war. The war is winning the Super Bowl when you win the war. You haven't, you've won a battle. There's a ton more battles to win. Great congratulations. You won a battle. That's not winning the war. Far from it. I'm attacking that. Hey. I'll tell here, here. Jalen Carter in this ball game, two sacks, 10 tackles won't be enough. That's not going to be enough. One D tackle is not going to control this. Because if you go back and you think about what Aaron Donald had when he what what did Aaron Donald have on the Rams defense? That helped him when it came to getting sacks. Do you guys know? What helped Aaron Donald in creating pressure and sacks? What, what, what did he have that helped him control football games? What, what, what helped him to a point where you, you started looking and seeing, okay, that's right. They had Von Miller and they had Jalen Ramsey. You had another pass rusher on the other side that drew attention. And his corners at the time back then were pretty decent cover corners. Ramsey was a shutdown corner. Now, Ramsey's hurt. He's not even playing with the Dolphins. I don't think he is. 
think he had a hamstring injury in camp. But they had those lockdown corners. You're out one of your all-pro corners. That's why, hey, look, full strength, full strength for the Eagles against the Vikings at Lincoln Financial. Telling them I right. 34-21. Does that sound right? 34-21. Some, somewhere in there, full strength. 34-21. But now with all the losses that you have, okay, this thing's now, this thing's now what, what Tone said yesterday, 31-27. This is going to be one of those games. 30, you're the better team. I, I don't think Minnesota has anything on defense. Hey, let me say this to you, man. If that offense doesn't put up good numbers against this Minnesota Viking defense, you have bigger problems with your coordinator than you do with the personnel decisions that he's making. Okay? Because you better put up – if you don't put up 38 points in this game on Thursday night – you got a problem. You've got a problem. And if Cousins puts up a 365-yard game and you see a 163 by Jefferson, I'll say something, man. You, you, this is going to be a fight every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, what have you, for you to win ball games. It, th this is... <laughs> this is going to 42 31. Greg, if everything was right, probably. If everything was right. But you had your whole allotment of teams and you scored 18 points offensively against New England. Vikings do not have that defense, they don't have the coaching staff. I don't think they don't have the corners. They don't have the backs. They don't have the tight ends. They do have an, they're going to have to beat you out scoring. They got to get the Eagles in a shootout. They got to get the Eagles in a shootout. I'll tell you what, man, if I were, if I were Minnesota, I would completely surrender the run. And I would just try to play red zone defense and keep you out of the end zone. You've got to, you've, you've, for you to win this game, you've got to make, you've got to make Philadelphia kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. You've got to make them kick field goals. Let them drive down the field. To me, the biggest problem that you could have if you're Philly, why would you want to establish a defense against a secondary and against a defense that can't cover? They can't cover. The Vikings can't cover. So why would you try to run the ball and do this? Run the clock off. Keep the Vikings defense offense off the field. Is that what you're trying to do? So you want to establish it? Maybe that makes sense. Establish the run. Limit the touches to the Vikings so you don't make it a shootout. That probably makes more sense. Let me rethink that. So limit Minnesota's touches. 
instead of limiting the eagle touches. So maybe establishing the run is the right thing to do. Because to me, I don't want Minnesota's offense on the field more than the defense. Okay? Because that's their best unit. Okay? That's their best unit. If you don't know... Angelo's great. Me and him have become fantastic friends. I, I absolutely love the guy. Gainwell's out, so Penny and Swift. Okay? I actually, I thought those guys would be the, I thought those guys would be the main guys anyway, didn't you? I thought they'd be, I thought they'd be the most, I thought they'd be the starters anyway. I think we'll, we'll be okay. 30-24. Maniac, that's, Tone's got 31-27. You're kind of right in there. So, yeah. I think you guys are right, man. I think, they're Scott, they are one-dimensional. Why you got rid of Dalvin Cook um, is a personnel decision that I, I cannot get. I'm actually glad Gainwell is out. I want to see this offense with Swift. And I, I get your point. I know you're not wishing anything on anybody. And I know that tone. So people, but again, remember tone, most people are soft and they'll think that you're glad that he got hurt. I just want to make sure we clarify that not a chance in hell you're saying that, but you want to see the more talented players in the huddle. Common sense would say that, but you see, most people don't have common sense. Okay. Because common sense sometimes isn't common. Not anymore. So I want to see Swift and Penny too. I'd like to see that. I do. Vikings can't run. Scott, they can't. They're one-dimensional. Absolutely. Absolutely there. I think we're going to miss Sanders more than people think. Let's 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 get let's get through another sixty minute football game. I look, I, I'm with Angelo. I don't think you're panicking here yet. I don't, and I and and I completely one hundred percent agree with Tone. Offense rusty, defense personnel. I completely subscribe to that. Okay, I totally do. I completely subscribe to that. So, yeah, Sanders is injured already. Hertz will play better. Yep, I completely agree. By the way, the things that Tone's running across the board for you guys, I want you guys to understand that each day we are giving you an opportunity to win some gift certificates with our friends at Hooters. Right here, man, all you have to do is email the show. You get a chance to win some gift certificates. Um, merchandise from Jacob Sports and also um, from Hooters. You get a chance. You'll be all week long put into a pot with the rest of the guys. Come Monday, football Mondays, we'll announce winners. We had two last week. We announced them yesterday. And your name could be right there along with Wayne and Christopher as our first week winners. So we'll do that for week two 
on a football Monday, all you have to do is email the show, put all your information in there. You see a code word that bangs up on there. Do me a favor, send them in, and you get yourself an opportunity, again, to win those great gift certificates and some of the great merchandise we have here with us here for the National Football Show, all in light of our friends at Hooters. All that being said, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Sean Desai better be better. By the way, real quick here on Deion Sanders. So how about with Deion and the impact that Deion Sanders is having on college football? and most notably on Colorado. So, hey, Tone, I missed it today because I, I, I miss Rob saying how much the 
cheapest ticket at that stadium is going to be for this game against Colorado State. Um, they didn't even really have the money to pay Dion the money that he's getting. I think he's making seven million, and they didn't even have that in the athletic budget to give that to him. But they were going to make it on Dion's Dion's name, and that's why you're seeing him in all these commercials and such. Okay, dude. Deion Sanders, you know what's funny? Can I say this to you guys? Are you guys shocked what he's doing? And do you like the bravado that he's doing it with, with like the big pumping of the chest? Do, do, do you like that, how he puts a big target on his chest? Okay, do, do you like it? Senor goes, I do. You know what's crazy? Bobby Bowden and Jimmy Johnson were coaches that were letting Florida State and Miami Hurricanes do all of that stuff back in the day. The only difference, we didn't have the transfer portal and we didn't have social media. That's why you guys hated us. The reason most people hated us Where'd you get, where do you think primetime came from? Primetime came when he was at his best at Florida State. Michael Irvin, playmaker. We were doing that shit in front of the television cameras, and Jimmy was egging us on. Coach John, if Jimmy Johnson was in today's college football with the transfer portal and social media, they would never lose a game. And every top 50 kid would play at Miami. Same with Bobby. Same with Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden never told Dion to shut up. Okay? And and Tone's right. My boy Tony Saracusa hated what Dion was doing. He said it was a four-win team. Well, shit, they're 2-0 now. I like how he discusses college football. I need to hear his thoughts on Colorado. Look at Tone being nice. Because you know what Tone wants to say? That mf right there said Dion was doing it wrong, and I hate the way he's doing it. And I agree with Tone. <laughs> I like Tony. Tone, you're really good, dude. <laughs> I know you like – no, 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 I know, but you know what. Hey, you and – hey, 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 Tone, just like the LSU girl throwing it in the Iowa chick's face, I like that stuff. I'm sorry. That's just me. I, I'm, you know, hey, when someone goes like this and you saw Dave Portnoy go, act like it got some class. I'm like, class? What's class got to do with selling tickets? Nobody gives a shit about class. You want that? Go to Harvard. This is about selling tickets and expanding the sport and putting more eyeballs on Iowa and LSU basketball. That stuff is stupid. When you hear these old curmudgeons going like this, Dion, oh, I mean, does he have? Yeah, because he's selling. The more he sells him, the more he sells Colorado because they're intertwined with one another. I can't tell you how more people are missing that point. Have you ever talked Colorado football in your life? And this guy's got sellouts. 
exposure. Eight million people are watching Colorado football. Eight million are watching Colorado Buffalo football. The same Alabama Clemson. By the way, I look at Alabama and Clemson. I'd rather play Colorado right now. Alabama and Clemson look old. Dion, hey man, exposure, eyeballs. Is hey, 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 tone. I mean the sidelines. It, it looks like a BET award show. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. Rappers are there, young kids. Everybody's engaged with it. Dude, he's got it going on. That guy is an electric dude that brings eyeballs. He's doing it right. But some of you hate it because you know why? It's new. Well, we're going to do this through the alumni in the old way. You know that guy, Brent Venerables, what he said? Remember what he said in the offseason? What did he say? Yeah, we don't do that here in Norman. We give a guy two, three years to figure it out whether or not, you know, they can be part of our program. And then, yeah, that's a white guy talking. There's more pressure on Dion Because when you open your face like that, you open up for a bigger target and more people are rooting. You know, Chris Russo, the guy from uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, he's rooting openly against Deion Sanders. By the way, Jason Whitlock is rooting against Deion. Anybody rooting against Deion Sanders right now um, it doesn't understand what he's doing for the game. Well, it's all about Deion. You don't get 100 kids and motivate 100 new kids off a one-win football team if a guy's making it all about himself. Okay? You just don't. (laughs) There's one of my favorite comments of all time. Hey, Big Sills, keep up the bad work tomorrow. Later, cuz. <laughs> Way to go, Philly. Hey, that's one of my favorite. Xander and I, Tone, that used to be one of our favorite lines. Sills, show sucked. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, Sills, show sucked, man. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, totally, man, right? Hey, how many times me me and uh, Xander, like, Xander last year were going like this. Hey, I I think that was Maniac's line. I think that was the Maniac's line. He was like, hey, sales show sucked. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, man. Right, funny stuff. Yeah, man. You know, if you're you're picking on what Dion's doing right now and you're rooting against him, can I tell you what Deion Sanders is doing that's really wonderful? And this is something Miami used to do. Deion's giving you hope. I never saw this before, and I'll tell you guys, 
this makes me emotional when I talk about hurricane football and how we recruited. We had a guy tone by the name of Eddie Brown, first round draft choice, Cincinnati Bengals, pretty good ball player was on our first national title team star. He took me to Bell Glades, Florida. Grass on the roof, dirt on the floor, pop billy stove, five kids in this grass hut. I walked in and I didn't know what poverty was. I tell you what, it hit me like the awesome smelling food that was on that stove. Right in the face. And I was like, holy cow. I remember we're walking out. Jerome and I are walking out. And Eddie had taken, we took, he goes like this. I'm going to be a first round draft choice. I'm going to buy my mama a house. I'm going to put her in a house that she's never had. She's never going to have to worry about anything in her life again. And he did that. Miami used to give opportunity and hope to inner city kids from overtime to Liberty city that have one option, death streets or an opportunity in football. And that's what Miami did. Florida state gave opportunity. Dion's talking to these kids. You come with me, you follow me. I'll take you out of this shit. God believe in me though. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you places you've never been. But you gotta work, you gotta believe in me. When you have that intangible as part of your coaching technique, kids will run through walls for you. If you're teaching me about X's and O's, that shit bounces off of walls. But when you look a kid in the face and go, you see where you're from? I'm going to help everybody associate. Michael Irvin's from a family of 17 kids. 17 kids. He wore that stopwatch on his neck, I told you. You know, I'm getting out of this. I ain't going back to that. It was hope. Man, I got the greatest lessons. And it was wonderful to hear those stories and see those stories. You go down to Liberty city with Luther Campbell and them guys, and you're seeing true poverty. Jerome, help me get out of here. I'll talk to Jimmy and Butch. You go back there, man. You want to be a Pied Piper for these kids. You want to give them opportunity. That's the kind of guys I want to recruit. God forbid to Travis Hunter. Turn out to be that. Why do you think Travis Hunter travels from Jackson State, turns down Florida State, and goes to Colorado? Because he believes, not in Colorado, but in the dude with the gold whistle, Deion Sanders. Guy's a great coach. Deion's a great person. He's a winner. Winners win anywhere. They could coach tadpoles out of a pond. Doesn't matter. Guys, we're great. Game day tomorrow. Please hit the like button, man. We're so... You should go make a visitation. I visit the Hurricanes, my friend, Death Row. I, I visit Hurricane football.
Hey, thank you guys so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Please hit the like button. Angelo Cataldi was special. Um, we got that interview up for you already. Thank you guys so much. Tone, spectacular stuff as always. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Three to six tomorrow, and we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.